eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome in to another episode of Fourth Down in the Steel City. Hi, I'm Chris Mack. He's Josh Taylor. Greg Finley's going to try to keep us on the rails as our producer. We're going to do our best. You are listening to us however you get your podcasts. Maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Stitcher, maybe it's iTunes. Maybe you're a good boy or girl, and you do it inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. However you do it, be sure to follow and subscribe so you can download the latest episodes as soon as they're ready. Yes, follow Josh's finger. He's pointing to where you download and subscribe. That's how you do it. It's right there on your screen. Or you're watching us on YouTube as well. We've had tons of viewers on YouTube, and we are greatly appreciative. Tap that little notification bell on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube channel, and you'll get the latest episodes fourth down in the Steel City as soon as they are ready for you, just as you did with this one. And Josh, Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday afternoon, a typical Mike Tomlin press conference. We didn't paint with broad brushes. Um, (laughs) We were highly complimentary of the upcoming opponent. Um, Took last Sunday's performance on the chin um, and moved forward. the most interesting part, of course, was addressing the injuries, and I think that's where we start. We know now Cam Hayward going to be out probably close to half a season, if not at least half a season, with a groin issue that's going to require surgery. Um, we know Deontay Johnson going to be out at least a few weeks. Um, we'll get into Deontay Johnson and some questions about the offensive side of the ball in just a minute, but let's start with the both immediate and long-term impacts. Let's start immediately. Um of Cam Hayward's absence. Uh, I, I, I kind I don't know what we have in DeMarvin Leal yet. Certainly don't know what we have in Keanu Benton because he's a rookie, but I like what I've seen, the, the little bit that I've seen of him. Um, and then we're down to our Isaiah Loudermilks and our Armin Watts and maybe our Braden Fajokos of the world. If he should get called up from the practice squad, we've got our Larry Ogunjobi who won't practice all week. I imagine at least until a little bit on Friday, um, this defensive front has gone from, they might be deep as Mike Tomlin talked about on Tuesday, Josh. I just don't know how good and healthy that depth is right now. And that could be bad news going up against the Browns. Yeah. There's a big difference between depth 
and quality depth. Because every depth chart has depth from the basic definition standpoint. But do you have quality depth? Because every team has guys that are next up. If you want to go with the next man up terminology, if you want to use that. Right. Every team has a next man up. But is that next man up always good enough to really step in and, and fill in? And on this defensive line, on this defensive front, if you want to add the outside linebackers over the past few years, the answer has consistently been no. So, yeah, there's reasons for concern. It, it brings our who from the who from the practice squad is most likely to end up on the 53 conversation right back to the forefront. And you and I both said the easy answer was Brayden Falco. There you go. That's why he was the easy answer, because it can happen that fast. When you, you know, like that one, one of the reasons why we said it was because of Cam Hayward's age, because of Larry Ogunjobi's age, because it could be a problem, whether at the beginning of the season or the end of the season. We talked about that, and we knew that was a factor. On the the depth side of things, though, on the quality depth side of things, it, it does the same thing again. It gives you the same feeling you had last season. The only difference was last season came after a win, but you lost T.J. Watt for almost half the season. Now you come after a really bad beatdown loss and you lose Cam Hayward for maybe half the season. But here's the thing that comes – here's why it's important. Because not only are you losing one of your veteran captains again for half the season for the second year in a row, but last season you lost your highest paid guy for, what, seven, eight games? And people are like, well, why are they this bad about T.J. Watt? Well, why is he your highest paid guy? Maybe that's why. Now you're losing your second highest paid guy half the season and it's probably going to affect your defense and this is one of those times where you look at the people who always go with the highest paid defense and you look them in the face and you tell them tj watt and cam hayward are the two highest paid guys on that defense most of the money is wrapped up into three guys tj watt cam hayward Micah fitzpatrick they were able to at least survive a little bit without Micah fitzpatrick in a game here and a game there that he's missed it hasn't been as brutal but it's brutal when they don't have T.J. Watt. But now we have to see what they do without Cam Hayward. It's not necessarily the entire defense getting paid money. It's really three guys. And now for the second year in a row, you're losing one of those three highly paid guys. So now we got to see what the fallout is. Yeah, and I think it comes at the worst possible time, not just because it's early. I mean, you can look at it on one side of the coin and say, hey, it's early in the year. He'll be back for the stretch run. Who knows what the record will be by the time he gets back. And more importantly, you know, we examined the first few weeks of the schedule very closely when we were trying to figure out when Broderick Jones may be inserted into the lineup, which yep. may happen as a starter this weekend, depending on Chuk Sikorafor's head issues. But the other thing that, to pay attention to is that also early in the year, you've got Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. And this is the worst possible time to lose – Cam Hayward going up against those offenses that we know are going to lean or at least should lean run first and be built around their running backs. There's always a question of whether Stefanski will actually execute it that way or not. Stefanski and Van Pelt um, because they've lost their way sometimes in the past. But look, those are not the running backs you want to go up against. These are not the offensive lines you want to go up against with Cam Hayward out. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you're talking about facing three of the top rushing attacks in the league last season, these are not the George you're looking for, for a good Star Wars <laughs> reference. These, these are not the guys you want to face when you have problems with your defensive front. And we saw what happened when you faced Cleveland last year. And this, granted, it happened in Cleveland. But that run game, they never really got a handle on it. Chubb ran up and down and in sideways and long, tall, deep and consecutive on them last season. And it became a problem for him. And, and Cleveland started, controlled the- I, just, I just got like an old school R&B flashback. Sorry. I grew up on Earth, Wind & Fire. I can't. I, I just all of a sudden heard like Silk Freak Me or something. <laughs> Oh, the 90s references are plenty in this, this episode. Sorry, but you're, you're right. They can't handle Nick Chubb going up and down, down, down. <laughs> Oh, I can't even comment on that. But, no, it's it's it really it, – it does come down to – and this was an issue that was a problem for this defense two seasons ago. Remember we talked about, hey, this, this defense is in the bottom third of the league and stopping the run. They were pretty much like, if not worst, they were next to worst. And then last season, they actually improved to the point where it's like, okay, they're at least better than the middle of the pack. They became yeah. a much better run-stopping team, and then you run smack dab right back into that issue again when you're losing one of your top run-stuffers facing a, a gauntlet with three of the top rushing teams in the league. This becomes a big problem. Well, and, and here's the other part of this. You know, I, I think the number that uh, Adam Crowley of the Fan Morning Show tweeted out Tuesday morning was 0-14, but we dug a little deeper and found – because we, we, we looked at each other virtually via text and said, well, wait, it's got to add up to 16. It can't right. be 14 because the Niners played 16 games last year uh, or 17 games. And right. obviously the, the final game of the year, you're not counting. Um, but th- the point is this. Niners opponents went 1-15 and 15 in their next game after playing San Francisco. And the only win was the Kansas City Chiefs after a bye week. So... <laughs> Teams playing immediately the following week after playing the Niners last year went 0 and 15. They don't Teams do well. get beat up by this squad. And we talked about that last week. We were going to have to prepare for the Steelers weathering the physicality of the Niners. They didn't weather the physicality of the Niners well, Josh. They lost 30 to 7 in large part because of that. And now you're missing Cam Hayward. Uh, you, you, who knows? You know, Deontay Johnson, uh, I don't think is part of the weathering the physicality, but the point remains the same. You're missing a big piece up front on defense. You're physically beaten up, even if you're getting an extra day to heal. I don't know what that extra 24 hours is really going to do for you. Um, And you're going up against the team that although they've lost a big piece on their offensive line for the season, it's still Nick Chubb, like you said. And it's still a team that should be focused on running the ball and trying to punch you in the mouth. And one of the best run blockers is Joe Petonio, and he's still there. So Mm -hmm. that's... That doesn't seem as critical as you think it does. And But from the Deontay Johnson standpoint, it might not be a reflection of the physicality, but he's also considered on this team to be the best route runner on a wide receiver unit that's about to face a team that Mike Tomlin said he felt like their corners won that game against Cincinnati. So now you lose your best route runner against a group of guys that might have single-handedly, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? unseated Joe, Joe Shiesty in week one. So it, Maybe, it's, yeah. it, it does become, it does, it's not as big of a thing as the run game, but it is a point of emphasis is saying, Hey, you know, 
with the issues your passing game already has, now your quarterback's not going to have his best route run. It, it doesn't make it look any easier going into week two. Yeah, so that means, and, and that brings us to the next biggest injury on on the roster this week, which is Deontay Johnson, at least for a couple of weeks, which means more Allen Robinson, uh, more Calvin Austin Jr. I'm okay with those two as a third and fourth receiver. This is going to be a real test to have these guys as your number two and number three. It's going to be a big test for George Pickens. I would imagine, I would hope that many more footballs coming his way is now the number one guy. Um, hopefully he does actually believe Kenny Pickett can get him the ball, even if his Twitter fingers may say differently. Um, <laughs> here nor there, this also would lead to, I hope, and I don't know if they'll do this or not. They didn't seem interested in doing it week one. I would hope more 12 personnel, more two tight end sets, more Darnell Washington on the field. Um, get me more of that so that you can lean into what is supposed to be the personality of this team on offense. You got away from it in week one because you were down 17, nothing. You couldn't lean into the run game really anymore. You couldn't ask your offensive line to go out and be physical uh, the way you maybe wanted them to coming into the season, the way they were successful in doing in the preseason and the way they were successful winning games seven and two uh, down the stretch last year. So get an extra tight end out there. Let him act like an extra tackle in rundowns in particular. And if that means he gets to run some more routes and now your options are Pickens, Robinson, Fryer, Muth, and Washington, I'm okay with that. Not only that, but when you go into your sub packages, when you have to put multiple guys out and spread them out, you're probably going to use your first tight end there. You're going to use Fryer, Muth a lot more spread out with Robinson and Austin and Pickens. You're going to have to try to move him around too. And that maybe becomes a matchup designation. Maybe that becomes a situation where you've got your 11 personnel guys and you start emptying the set. You start emptying the field and start giving these defenses different looks because you're going to have to find ways to work around the fact that R, that WR1 on your depth chart is not there. So now you got to find other guys to incorporate into your passing game and see if it works. And it also creates another issue, and I'm glad you brought up the 12 personnel bit because we talked about this going into the San Francisco game. It, this, this brings up another thing, and I don't know why we keep coming back to this or people keep showing this same flaw in logic because I, I, I read someone tweet this out, like, well, well, 10 carries for 49 yards. Like, are you going to lead to the physicality to run game? I'm sitting there going, you're, you're, down, you're down 20 at halftime. Yeah. Or you're down 13 in halftime, and you'd have been down 20 if you didn't score a touchdown before halftime. You were down 20 before that two-minute drill. And you and I talked about this. I said this specifically. If they get down by two possessions or more against this team, it's going to be a bad afternoon. You see the shirt, folks? You see what it says? It says he who remains. Sometimes we see this stuff coming. Sometimes we see it happening. And we're telling you what we see because we've actually done our homework on some of these opponents. So when we tell you if they get down by two possessions, it might be a bad day. Just believe it, especially if you see it unfolding in front of you. Now, the way you can combat that against a team like Cleveland, because Cleveland doesn't do offensively what San Francisco does. Not many teams do offensively what San Francisco does if we're being fair. Mm -hmm. But the way you combat that with Cleveland, you know Cleveland's going to run the ball. They're going to try to make it a ball control game. This becomes an opportunity for your offense to try to do the same thing. Whether or not you do it better than them, may not even be the issue at this point. Whether or not you could just do it efficiently is the thing that matters more. You got to be able to get first downs before you do anything else. 
You got to move the chains before you can do anything else. You cannot keep going three and out for the the explainable and unexplainable reasons. There just has to be a better production move there. And I do think it's going to be interesting to see if they if they remain committed to that personality. Like I said, that they showed us in the offseason when they built this offensive line a certain way, when that they look committed to in the preseason as well. That's what I want to get to next. This offense is not just personality, but the guy who's supposed to be at the front of the line leading the offense's personality. No, I'm not just talking about Matt Canada. Relax. We can we can go a little bit deeper, I think, on this. Because uh, there's a guy who underperformed on Sunday. We all saw it. And maybe it's not as big of an underperformance, unfortunately, as it is not meeting sky-high expectations that were blown out of proportion this summer. We get into Kenny Pickett next right here on 4th Down in the Steel City.